0: This is John from the FreeGiftFromGod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free e-book titled The True Church of God and it can be downloaded freely at the FreeGiftFromGod.com website. So let me continue reading and I hope you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. Today I want to look at Holy Days. Across most of the church today, there are a range of so-called holy days or holidays, the most well-known and generally universally accepted being Christmas and Easter. The Bible tells us that we should not make any distinctions or hold any worship of special days. So why and how did Christmas and Easter become so important to the church? Consider this scripture as a starting point. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have laboured over you in vain. Galatians chapter 4, verses 9 to 11. Paul was distressed that the Galatians church was turning away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and turning to the ways of the weak and beggarly elemental spirits. These elemental spirits are demonic and are the servants of the devil. Their desire, like that of the devil, is to bring Christians into bondage and turn them away from the truth. So as we look at the things Paul was upset about and what the Galatians church were doing as they fell back to the ways of the elemental or demonic spirits, we see that they were observing days, months, seasons and years christmas and easter are such days and seasons today and if paul were here he would be equally appalled by the worship practices of these two days and seasons in the modern church to understand why these seasons are a problem we need to look at the origins of these so-called christian holidays let's look at christmas first Both of these holidays, and all of the icons and traditions surrounding them, are of pagan origin. Looking at Christmas, we find these things to be true. Christ was not born on December 25th. We know from Scripture that the shepherds were in the fields with their flocks on the night that Jesus was born. But December 25th is winter in the region of Bethlehem, and the shepherds do not stay out in the fields or keep their flocks in the fields at night in winter. In the whole region of Palestine, it was not a normal practice for shepherds to be in the fields at night much later than about September or October, as it's too cold for the shepherds and the sheep after that. So where did this date come from? Under pagan rituals, there was a great feast to the Queen of Heaven, variously known as Astarte, Isis, Seraya, and other names, depending upon the particular pagan culture within which she is worshipped the origin of all of these false gods issues from Babylon. This particular feast was in honour of the Queen of Heaven conceiving a son and the feast was held on March 25th. Exactly nine months later, on December 25th, a second feast was held to commemorate the birth of her son, who in the Egyptian pagan ritual was Osiris, the son of Isis. This date also roughly aligned with the summer or winter equinox depending on which hemisphere you happen to be in, and this too was a high day in the pagan religions. In order to bring the pagans into the church in early times, and well after all of the early apostles and disciples had passed away, the church co-opted these holidays, extrapolating a so-called Christian aspect to these dates. March 25th became Lady Day, which is still commemorated in some places, and it was called the Day of Annunciation, or the day on which Mary was supposed to have conceived by the Holy Spirit. Thus, it makes sense that if she conceived on that day, then exactly nine months later, December 25th, would become the date of Christ's birth. This is how the date and origin of Christmas came to be. There is no evidence or reference to these timings in the Bible anywhere. We do not know when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, telling her she would bear a son by the Holy Spirit. And we do not know when Jesus was actually born. However, it is clear that it was not and could not have been on December 25th. All of the artifacts of Christmas have pagan origins as well, including Christmas trees, Yuletide logs, Hogmanay, mistletoe, giving of gifts, feasting, and more. Every one of these practices occurred in the pagan festivals that took place at the same time of year as they now celebrate Christmas. Easter. Easter is based upon the pagan fertility rituals where the pagans offered gifts to the Queen of Heaven, variously known as Astarte, Isis, Seraya, and more. Astarte was also known as Ishtar, from which the name Easter was possibly derived. And this festival to Ishtar was typically held during April each year, aligning it with the modern Easter festival. The origin of Easter eggs in Western society was from the pagan Druids, and also eggs were offered or given in the pagan rites of Greece, the Hindus, Japanese, Chinese, and Egyptians. It became the symbol of Astarte, representing new birth, and thus the supposed resurrection. Easter bunnies are a leftover from the pagan festival of Eosta, another possible source for the name Easter. Eosta was a northern goddess whose symbol was a rabbit or a hare. It symbolized fertility during the ancient pagan spring festival since rabbits were seen to be abundant breeders. Hot cross buns were offered to Astarte as the Queen of Heaven, predating Christianity by 1500 years, and were noted and condemned by Jeremiah. And that's in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 18. The form of the bun has not changed, but they are now eaten rather than offered. While I could explore all of these things at great length, there is so much information on these that it could fill another book. What I recommend instead is that you take a look at the book, The Two Babylons by Alex Hislop. This scholarly work can be read or downloaded for free off the internet. You can find it at www.biblebelievers.com slash babylon slash. And it has an enormous amount of detailed and cross-referenced information about all of these things to do with Christmas, Easter, and more. So overcoming these things. Moving on from this, we need to consider what the scriptures say about recognizing special days. I've already mentioned the scripture that says we should not make distinctions about days, months, seasons, or years in Galatians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. I'll just read it again. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have laboured over you in vain. Galatians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. By observing these holiday seasons at Christmas and Easter that are both deeply steeped in pagan rituals, people are not worshipping God. The scriptures tell us to move on and away from the things of this world. This is especially important in relation to rejecting pagan ritual. Scripture says, Let the time that is past suffice for doing what the Gentiles like to do, living in licentiousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you do not now join them in the same wild profligacy, and they abuse you but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. That's the first letter of Peter, chapter 4, verses 3 to 5. All of these things that we are warned to step away from occur in the Christmas and Easter rituals. Licentiousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. All of these are part of the ceremony and rituals of Christmas and Easter today in one form or another. Look at the stress caused by passion, the drunkenness of the feasts, the revelry and carousing that occur by many, and the idolatry of the worship of Christmas trees, Santa Claus, Easter eggs, and rabbits. All of these are forms of idolatrous worship. They are not part of the worshipping of God or Jesus Christ, but instead worship the pagan Queen of Heaven in all her forms and guises. Scripture says, have nothing to do with godless and silly myths. Train yourself in godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. Surely there is no greater myth in the world today than those of Christmas and Easter. And they are indeed godless because the icons in these myths are the Easter bunny, Santa Claus, Christmas trees and Easter eggs. The scripture tells us to reject these things because they are godless and have no basis in the truth of Jesus Christ. Scripture says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is not sound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. The scripture here tells us to question what we are taking into our minds and hearts. What we learn, we take in through our senses, especially what we see. If we are looking at and absorbing what is false, such as the teachings of Christmas and Easter, then our thinking will be unsound and our hearts and minds will be clouded and darkened by lies. It is only by seeking the light of the truth that comes from Christ Jesus that this darkness can be washed away and we can see the truth for what it is and recognize these lies for what they are. Scripture says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It also says, Now the works of the flesh are plain, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21. These two verses speak of many of the ills of mankind, but the one that specifically relates to issues of Christmas and Easter is idolatry. Christmas and Easter are rife with idolatry. By keeping the rituals of Christmas and Easter, people are worshipping the pagan gods, and this is not an acceptable practice for Christians, as Scripture says. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Master who bought them, Bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their licentiousness, and because of them the way of truth will be reviled, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. From of old their condemnation has not been idle, and their destruction has not been asleep. Second Peter chapter two verses one to three. One of the other problems that surround Christmas and Easter are the issues of greed. Christmas in particular fosters greed, and through it, many people are put into the bondage of debt and later suffer depression when the bills come in. And in this scripture, we also see one of the root causes of these issues. The requirement to follow the rituals of Christmas and Easter arose through the lies of false teachers and false prophets who brought these pagan false teachings into the church. Through positions of power, they brought these lying heresies into the church, and by licentiousness, they encouraged the people to accept what is false. As Scripture says, I mean, brethren, the appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it for the form of this world is passing away 1 corinthians chapter 7 verses 29 to 31 as christians we are no longer citizens of this world but are new creations in jesus christ and are citizens of the kingdom of god as such the form and the rituals of this world are no longer of any importance and in the case of these pagan rituals are to be utterly rejected although we live in this world in a physical sense we do not live here in the spirit, and so we need to live as though the things of this world do not exist for us. This is especially true of these pagan traditions. As scripture says, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6. One of the great challenges with accepting these false pagan lies is that they open the door to allow the devil to penetrate the church and wreak further havoc. Just as leaven or yeast slowly works its way through a lump of dough to cause the whole lump to be leavened and to rise, so too, when we allow false teaching into the church or into our own hearts and minds, it infiltrates all parts of us and leaves us open to accept further lies. Like yeast, we become puffed up with pride and arrogance fostered by these pagan lies. This is the way of the devil, and his designs are to tear Christians down, to take them away from the truth. As scripture says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. When we come to Christ, our primary aim is to change and reject the ways of this world. We reject the false teachings and evil that is in the world, and to do that we need to change the way we think. In Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, and in his image there are no pagan rituals, but only the worship of God the Father. The scripture says, See to it that no one makes a of you by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse eight. This one links to the verse from Second Peter 2, one to three that I read above, where false prophets and false teachers brought destructive heresies into the church, including the pagan teachings of Christmas and Easter. But in this verse, we see that it is each and every person's own responsibility to make sure they are not caught in the deceit and lies of these pagan traditions. All of us need to look for ourselves and find the truth that is in Jesus. We need to study his word and his ways, and so come to the knowledge of the truth and reject false teachings. Finally, in relation to these false traditions, the words of Matthew 15, verses 1 to 9 ring true, where Jesus rejects the ways of the Pharisees because they rejected the words of God for the sake of their traditions. The scripture says this, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honour your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honour his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Matthew chapter 15, verses 1-9 to Likewise, the church today, and for many centuries past, has rejected God's word for the sake of human and pagan traditions. Nowhere in the Bible are we instructed to keep any holidays commemorating either the birth or the death of Jesus Christ. There is no question that his birth was a wonderful event but we're not told to remember his birth at all. As for his death, this was the most important event because it was through Jesus' death that we received the gifts of freedom from sin, freedom from law, and righteousness by faith. It was through his death that we received salvation and all of the promises of God. His death was far more significant than his birth, and yet still we were not instructed to hold a special holiday to remember or celebrate his death. What we are told to do, to remember his death, is to remember through the breaking of bread or communion. It is in this regular practice that we remember and participate in recalling and commemorating his death. This is how Jesus himself told us to remember his death, as he instructed his disciples at the Last Supper, and it is also how Paul taught the church to remember Christ's sacrifice as he carried the word to the world. But as for Christmas and Easter and any of the other so-called Christian holy days or holidays, they are all to be rejected because there is no basis for any Christian holy days in the Bible. They are almost all, if not all, found in pagan rituals and traditions and are to be rejected by the church and Christians. Truly, the modern church in many places has fulfilled the words of Jesus from the above statements when he said... So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Matthew chapter 15, verses 6 and 7. It is all the more imperative for every Christian to question where they stand in relation to these things and not fall to the lies of paganism that have been allowed to penetrate the church. Seek the truth and find the true way to God through Jesus Christ. After all, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless.